0: there. Now we are um I am Simulcasting on Rumble and YouTube right now. Um so if you are not on my Rumble uh channel that you might want to eventually go there because I think I'm gonna end up sliding this one over to let me put that there over to Rumble. it's gonna be probably sliding over to Rumble. So here's how here's how this is gonna work. So basically, what I'm gonna be doing is um, I'll be live on both Rumble and YouTube and then I'm going to make YouTube unlisted. So if you're here, you can still you can go ahead and continue to watch, um but if not, you're going to have I'm going to start pushing that over to Rumble. So that way I can kind of say what I want and this is more for a Rumble uh the Rumble crowd basically. It's a little bit of logistics, but it's also a little bit more that's going on. Like I said, some of the stuff I was going to cover was political type stuff and you know other things geopolitical and things that are happening. So that is kind of a Rumble. Uh, rumble people are, are usually more into that type stuff, and I'm gonna kind of be moving over to there with some of my shows and things like that. So they, both Rumble and YouTube right now, but I will be sliding on over to um, basically just Rumble for most of it, for most of the content in regards to this. Like if I do logistical stuff and things like that, that'll be on YouTube. Um, but as I move over and get my co-host when he's finally available um we'll be moving over to rumble and i have another youtube channel which i started up which i'm just going to basically um i'm just going to let it you know people just find it i'm not putting that one out there uh but that'll be less logistics more geopolitical more political uh what's going on in the world and stuff like that and you know we'll bring some people on on that one um and and talk things like that because sometimes you got to get away from logistics because it's just it's just well, it's logistics, right? It's logistics, and sometimes you gotta get away from YouTube because uh, you know YouTube is more. It's kind of weird the algorithms for my YouTube. Like my YouTube channel is like a, a dead. It's a dead channel at this point. I've I've switched over um, when I was with uh, Economic Ninja and I was doing stuff with him. A lot of those people started following me, uh, but then when he didn't want to start doing a news outlet and just wanted to do doom and gloom. Cause when he, when I originally went with uh, economic ninja, he was looking for people to, to open up like a media channel. Um, and I was going to do logistics over there. He found out that it, the if you push more doom and gloom and sell more, you know, gold and silver, things like that uh, you get more views. And so he pulled more, less away from just, just reading the news and giving it the, you know, the way he wanted it to be read, um, and giving it a doom and gloom feel, he got more views. And I just, that's just not what I wanted to do. I wanted to do interviews, want to do stuff like that. So I pulled away from him, um, called him out on some stuff, pissed people off. And then, you know, it is what it is, which that's fine. I'm good with that. Right. I'm cool with that. So, uh, but I was able to meet some people that actually, you know, and do some other things with YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, right, if you're using YouTube, You've got to look at YouTube as not a way, you're not going to make money on YouTube, right? You can, but you can make money a lot quicker with YouTube um, you know, what you're putting out there, possible, you know, sponsors, possible people that see you and say, Hey, I kind of like what you're doing. Um, and that's what happened with me. I, I, the stuff that I was doing, other people outside of YouTube reached out to me and said, Hey, would you be willing to do this? Like a think tank type thing. And, and, and I said, yeah. Um, and now I'm also moving into, um, I just edited, uh, editings, uh, things like that too. So I just moved into editing and I just, it's on my community page. Um, I basically produced and edited, um, an interview from, uh, Dr. Antonio Gasefo, and in, in regards to, uh, an interview he did. So I'm kind of moving into that. And also, um, he's now writing for the epoch times and daily caller, Um, And he's giving me, you know, lessons basically on on how to submit articles and things like that, which is what I need because I, you know, and I've said this before, even when I did the the thing with NARC is that, look, I don't, when you go to write a story, people go to journalism school for a reason and and I have not, right? So it's something I'm, I want to learn and I want to do, but I want to do it right, right? Uh, So when it comes to writing stories and things like that for, as, as a journalism aspect, it's not the same as just putting a story out with the YouTube aspect, right? So I want to make. Sure, so he's giving me some pointers, and then after there, I submit to him, and then he's going to help me submit to different places too, which is which is great. So, you like I said, you can make money with YouTube sometimes faster than you can make money on YouTube, especially if you're not in the algorithms. All right. So uh, let's finish there. So uh, here's what I'm kind of ta- wanted to talk about today, and I. A portion of the story that I did in regards to Stewie, and I do thanks for Stewie for his response, uh, as it may be, um, in regards to, you know, what he did say on his video. And that was on the Coach and Stewie channel. Um, The reason I did and said what I said was the explosion that basically Coach came out and said, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Nobody wants to listen. Nobody listens to you. Nobody cares. No big deal. I did our market research. We did this and we did that and we did this. And, and then Stewie did respond that he's going to go, he it, basically saying, I didn't, he didn't do any research that he wanted to hear and he's going to do what he's going to do no matter what everybody else says. And that's fine. That's fine. But just don't say that you did all the market research and said that it said it's, you know, it was golden. Right. And I'm cool with that. Right. That's, that's what this is about. I, I got no problem debating people back and forth and things like that. But that being said, then be very careful when you try to talk other individuals to follow your same path. If your, if your path is to go against the grain, um, make sure you inform everybody else that that's your path and it's not based on, on everything else. Right. And that's kind of what I got from that from him. And that's cool. That's cool. Right. Like I said, I'm not looking to uh, straight out attack. For me, it was attack. Hey, you said you did this. Here's my market, what you got. And his basically is I'm going to go against the grain. Okay, truth be told. All right, but when I started to look into some of the aspects of, um, of trucking and where trucking's going and some of the reasons why rates are still low and capacity is still so high, one of the first things I started looking uh, into was well, why was capacity so high, and we all know everybody was jumping in. But the question is where are they jumping in? Where were they jumping in and how did this, how did this problem start and why is it not going away as fast as we would have thought it would have started to go away, right? How are the, you know, the numbers of truck drivers that are out there and carriers that are out there, we understood why it went up. There was money to be made, but it actually started before that, a lot before that. Um, And we all know for years, everybody's been saying there's a shortage in trucking, there's shortage in trucking, there's shortage in trucking. And one of the other things that I uh, have been on other shows in regards to is open borders. And I've had this discussion with, you know, numerous people. Um, You know, they're like, well, we just need to stop giving government money. We need to pull back on all these programs. We need to stop doing this and stop doing that. And I always get the same answers when I say, "Okay, how much money? Like I had a discussion with somebody in regards to um, homeless, right, homeless and a lot of vets. And I'm an ex vet. Um, can be homeless and people are like well we need to stop giving money to the homeless Uh-oh. okay well what do you think the repercussions of that would be if you just stopped giving money well do you know how much it costs for, per homeless a hundred thousand dollars well yeah so if you stopped giving that that person that is no longer homeless would now be homeless if we just stop giving the money what do you think those people are going to do when they become homeless again Right. It's it's they're going to start ransacking things. They're going to start stealing things. They're going to start breaking into things. They're going to start doing all this stuff. And now you're taking that money and putting it into law enforcement to try to prevent stuff. So there's no easy answer. Right. Um, and so one of the other issues that I, I, I talk a lot about it, or, or discuss on non-trucking platforms is regard open borders. Right. Everybody says the border is wide open and there's lots of people coming in. And I'm ex-Coast Guard. All right. So I understand that. And we do have the, the the borders are a major problem, and I've there's been times where we just got to stop them from coming in, and I, it was funny because I had a conversation yesterday um, in regards to what what should we do. And his answer was, you know, well, time to mount 50s on top of Jeeps and shoot them. I'm like, well, yeah, we can't do that. That's an international incident. Um, and the last thing you're going to want to do is start, you know, opening fire on people that aren't even in our country yet uh, just to make sure that they don't cross the border and put a foot on our on our soil. I think that would go over bad. All right. I think that would be a problem. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not good so let me do my drop down menu alright so I, I did pull the US customs and protection border numbers right and we are gonna do this and we're gonna zoom in and I want to talk about uh, this because this actually is too much alright uh, this actually is gonna rate, uh, relate uh, to trucking because what I'm gonna show you is believe it or not undocumented immigrants can get CDL licenses Okay, If you are undocumented and you are coming over the border, you can get a CDL license. And this has been pushed heavily, heavily by the industry, and and it's just not talked about. It's not talked about. So one of the emails that I got, excuse me, step aside here, uh, just yesterday, and I'm not going to show who it was, but I'm going to show this email that I got yesterday. Hi, Eric. That's me. Uh, getting a lot of Philippines outsourced logistic professionals that are looking for a new home after being let go by Convoy recently. Are you looking for extra help this season? And that's, that's another thing which with Convoy Convoy outsourced a ton of their customer service, uh, their first line of customer service to the Philippines. So I'm now getting emails from, you know, from outsourcing companies, these companies that basically um, deal with um, outsourcing into other countries that are now reaching out saying, hey, you know, you're in logistics and things like that. Are you interested in doing all this and, you know, needing anybody for the Christmas season? Now, now I'm not. I kind of run my own show. I, I do specialized stuff, but there probably are others that, you know, may or may not be needing them probably not now because of the layoffs and everything that's going on but now the shutdowns here are now affecting people in other countries also right not our problem i understand that but it's one of those things that understand that these this is something that's happening so i started looking into the the actual where when these people are coming over like people are crossing the border and i like i had the discussion with a friend of mine yesterday and i said you get well you got to shut money off i mean you got to shut the money off and people would eventually stop coming over if there wasn't but then you just can't how do you do that right in regards to jobs so right now we're looking at now the year ends uh september 30th okay so it goes from october to september okay so the end of the year the end of the year at the border of 2023, because it's, it's ended in October, we had, and these are actions, so these are encounters, this isn't obviously the ones that snuck in that we didn't see, these are actual encounters, border patrol, either seen them, spoke with them, snagged them, whatever, was 3,201,000, let's just round that for me, make my life simple, 3.2 million, 3.2 million actions of, of actual crossings that the customs enforcement had encounters with people that they've caught, you know, and, and actually, you know, spoke with and laid hands on. Now there's probably more. I'm not saying that there's not, but there's obviously some that have made it across that customs wasn't there. Nobody, you know, and, and they were able to get across, but 3.2 million. So now that's up from 2022 and it's up from 2021, 2020. Well, there was only 646,000, and and so on and so on and there was you know 2017 these are the numbers right here right these are the totals okay so you got to kind of ask yourself okay when when they're coming over what's happening like where are they getting money from where are they going to work where what are they doing now a, a lot of them and we all know the problems like mexican firms stop sending freight trains because they're riding over uh north to the u.s border Uh, as unprecedented number of migrants hitch rides so that basically they're riding on top of freight trains we all we've seen the pictures we've seen the stuff at the border it's not something that's not happening Um, but there's they're coming over in here in droves right massive packs but the issue is is where are they going to work what are they doing okay well there is you know we'll accept all because i'm a mac who cares So there are a lot of trucking companies and a lot of law firms and a lot of, um, let's just say, immigration specialists, basically, that are pushing to get them into commercial driver's license schools. Uh, Now, again, if you have a Canadian driver's license or a Mexican driver's license, it's a lot easier um, to get your CDL in the United States. Uh, you can't have not. You cannot have two CDLs. So if you have one in Canada, you can't keep your Canadian and have the U.S. Right? So you have to. You're gonna be getting rid of your Mexican one be, to get a U.S. one. But it's a lot easier to get it. If you don't, there are like 87 countries that you can allow to come over and get your CDL license, if sponsored by a company and and put into play and you know put into a truck. So you go through the same schooling, um, and you get trained take your CDL, get your permit, get your license, take your road test, all that stuff, pre-trip, you know, type stuff, and, and to get your license, that's normal. So there are a lot, because we have need, we have a need for truck drivers, um, there's been a massive push since 2017, 2018, 2019, and so on, and funding, and I'm going to go over some of that, to push uh, Immigrant drivers to come over and get their CDLs here. OK? Now, uh, COVID, of, of course, uh, slammed the brakes on a lot of stuff coming over the border, just because you, we had situations where you, you couldn't really come over the borders as much. It was way difficult. But it, um, it still opened the gate for, for, for once it kicked off again. There was a huge demand once things started to open up again, so, right? You had to closure and the open up. At that point, there was everything from uh, grants, government grants, government loans, um, nonprofits, all helping people, immigrants, uh, and everything to get into truck driving schools, to even to get into their own trucks uh, and open their own authorities. So this was a monstrous push back in 1920, 21, for them to be trained to come in. And we're now seeing that now, um, the census basically said, "Hey, somewhere around twenty percent were immigrants." Well, that's higher now, and I'm I'm having a hard time finding the actual numbers uh, because it depends on where you're at. I, like I've got California is extremely high, Houston's extremely high, um, and there's another reference I'm going to do that you're going to find interesting that's kind of being left out. U.S. trucking companies that sponsor immigrants helping newcomers find work in America. And this is basically, like I said, one of the stories. Understand U.S. trucking companies, sponsorship for immigrants. If you're an immigrant looking for employment in the United States, you may be wondering about sponsoring process for the U.S. trucking companies. Many trucking companies sponsor immigrants, providing them with an opportunity to work and live in the in the US. Uh, in this section, we'll provide you with the overview of the sponsorship proce- process for, for a company. Uh, truck drivers are in demand, and like I said, this is uh, an article that, again, if somebody wants it or somebody wants any of these articles, just shoot me an email. Um, it's on my About page. I'll send it to you, but if not, I'm kind of going over it. Uh, again, they sell the driver shortage. There's a massive driver shortage. Uh, the trucking industry is experienced a driver shortage that many companies are struggling to find qualified drivers to fill positions. According to the American trucking association, over 60,000, uh, there's short by over 60,000 drivers. And that number is expected to grow to 160,000 by 2028. Shortage due to a variety of factors, including age work, aging workforce, increased demand for goods, and a lack of interest in professional among younger generations. Now, my dad was a truck driver. I became a truck driver. Right. And that's, and I got my CDL. It was one of the things when, like I said, if you had a CDL, you would never be out of a job. Right. That's what we were told growing up. So I, when I, when I grew up, I got my CDL B because it was, I could make easy money and, you know, go to school. Uh, I was going to school for criminal justice. And then I got my class A, went over the road. Came back from being over the road and started working for U.S. Food Service, and I was a union truck driver with seniority and benefits and everything, and then went to the U.S., uh, joined the Coast Guard. So, ended up doing law enforcement in the Coast Guard. So, there was, at that time, you know, you could, you would always have a job, we were told, if you were a truck driver. You would always be able to get a job. Like, I, I, even when I was in the Coast Guard, on my days off in the Coast Guard, I drove for a fuel, home fueling oil company. Because um, I did two days on, two days off every other weekend. And that's what, I, that's what my duty status was at the station. And then uh, I, when we weren't really fueling, there was a, a dump truck. And I'll never dive dump truck. I will never in my life drive dump truck ever again. I won't do it. I, that's when you're dumping a trailer and you feel that thing start to shift and you're thinking you're going to end up tipping over. N- that's not for me. That's not for me. So that was I did that a little bit, uh, but I'll tell you what I dump truck drivers are nuts. Uh, they're crazy. I I can't do it. It was way too much for me. All right, and then they basically explain the uh, how to how to come over. So as truck drivers are probably no longer, you know, you have and we have this issue now. We have you know leases that drivers are getting into, uh, and they're predatory situations. They're losing all their money. They're getting rid of truck. getting out of trucking and never going back into trucking again. Uh, they're going to companies that are taking advantage of them, um, and, or trying to teach them a lesson. And basically they're, they're getting out of trucking and they're going into heavy equipment operator or mechanic or, or, or something in a field of, around trucking, but they don't want to drive the truck anymore. Right? Like they might go to tow truck or they might go to something, but they're not looking to drive over the road, um, and do that anymore. Or you're just not going to school or you're not taking that to, to do, you're going to school to take something of, uh, of more advanced, like, obviously growing up, your dad says, I want, you know, I'm going to do this so that you don't have to be a truck driver like me. Well, I don't listen. And I ended up being one, but it was something that I held my license and now I run my own business. But a lot of times that you're trying to push people to be better than you. Like parents normally say, I want you to be better than me. I'm trying to give you success such as you can do more, you know, do something other than, than, than do this. So eventually parents say, you know, don't be a truck driver. And as, as truck driving goes on and on, we can all say it's not the same as it used to be. Let's just leave it at that. So we have a, de- a need for truck drivers, um, I en- which I do understand. Now, th- they're looking at automation and self-driving trucks, but the fastest way that they could immediately bring people in was to bring- is to bring in um, people from other countries. Their thought process, not mine, right? Um, and we have a massive rush of people at the border that you know, obviously are looking to, uh, fill, to get jobs and the American dream and everything else. And they push for that. So it is a, a huge push for somebody to fill those spots. All right. Now, the issue is, is that you can now have undocumented, which I was shocked. I, I look I understand okay yeah we have to give him a work visa he has to apply for this visa and things like that but an undocumented can apply and I'm going to show you the, the identification that they need to get this to actually get a CDL now they cannot haul hazmat uh, that requires a background check and things like that but a undocumented can basically get a CDL license and start driving truck all right, so let me pull. All right, so this one is actually from 2017. So I pulled this chart from 2017 and it gives us uh, numbers right here, 2017 numbers at a glance, okay? So approximately 43 million, right? And yeah, yeah, approximately 43 million immigrants are living in the US, 2017. Well, now we know it's more, but we're just, I'm calling now about 13% of the population. Um, Five million, no, Approximate numbers of the trucking driving population, 5 million, about 2%. So approximately 847,000 immigrants, truck drivers living in the U.S. 16% of the driving population was immigrant drivers, okay? Now, that's higher. This was 2017, and I checked the census, which I got to 2020. 2020 and they're saying 18.7 so i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's it's way higher because of the massive rush in 2021 uh but i can't there doesn't seem to be numbers yet for the 2021 2022 or 2023 from the census um in regards to how many are truck drivers so that's almost 20 percent it's i'm gonna say it's easily 20 percent of the truck drivers that are out there are are immigrant drivers. Okay. Now, I know some that are fantastic. They're great, 100%. And, but that's not all of them. Okay. That's not all of them. So, this is again, this is from 2017. Um, and then they say uh, the, there's the higher numbers are in, La- are in California and Texas. Your highest numbers were in California and Texas. And of course, it's Los Angeles, Long Beach, uh, Anaheim areas. Um, and then Chicago. All right, that's another one. New Jersey, uh, Fort Worth, Houston, Dallas, Texas area, uh, and Georgia. So this is kind of where, this again, this was 2017, where a majority of them were. Now, El Salvador, um, the, and Mexico is obviously Dominican Republic, Jamaica, other countries, uh, and it kind of shows where they're basically, what areas they're from. All right. And this, again, this shows Los Angeles area was high, Chicago, Tri-State, New Jersey, uh, Dallas. uh, This is also those areas, right? And now, again, this is 2017 before the boom of 2021 and COVID situation that happened. All right. Now, this was an interesting one that I pulled out of The Guardian. Um, And 70-hour weeks, taking selfies for ICE, life is a migrant trucker in California uh like many of the states long haul truckers i'm not going we're we're, we're going to say um i don't know er, 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 george we're going to say george um is awaiting asylum he's waiting asylum hearings admit a life as an uh, in admit a life of upstream uncertainty so he doesn't even know if he's going to be able to stay After spending the night in late September driving an 18-wheel across the country, George woke up to see his phone lit up from a notification from U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Immediately called back to acknowledge the the contact attempt. Then he snapped a selfie to upload into the mobile app immigration officers use to track his whereabouts. So now you have somebody that's technically seeking, seeking asylum, and obviously he's somewhat documented now at this point and he's basically out there running the road how are they keeping track of him there's an app that immigration has that he said that they probably call and they say hey where are you at what are you doing and he says i'm in blah 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 Cal- bakersfield california here's a selfie of me and here's my truck i'm still driving this truck which i told you i was driving before so here's me next to my truck and so on. Earlier that morning, worn out from a nonstop 11 hour trip, he started from Bakersfield, California. Uh, the Punjabi immigrant. I know I'm, I'm horrible. Uh, awaiting asylum had gotten the time zones confused when the notification he expected didn't arrive. He simply submitted an unpropped selfie to and fell asleep, fell into a deep sleep and his co-driver continued the journey from. St. Louis to Chicago uh, the first notification arrived following by a flood of others, including missed calls from cousins whom, whom ICE had contacted while they were searching for him, so basically he's out there he's driving. he missed his check call, confusion in time zone, and they're on the phone trying of track him down all right so y- you now have the, Somebody who has a CDL license, who is a migrant, who is obviously awaiting asylum, he's not even guaranteed asylum yet, who is a part of the trucking industry delivering f- freight in an infrastructure infrastructure industry, meaning um, if something were to go wrong it, in, in trucking and logistics and supplying, you know, food and goods to the United States people, that would be bad. I would that would be bad. The last thing we basically want is infrastructure industries that are that are compromised by anybody, right? Now I'm not saying all of them are. Don't care, but at some point you want to make sure that your infrastructure industries aren't are not going to be compromised. And I'm going to tell you right now, our trucking infrastructure is compromised. If something were to happen. We were to go to some type of conflict some type of uh war the war you that we would think is not going to be a world war ii it's not going to be um that type of conflict it's going to be w- way different things everything from shutdown of infrastructure uh confusion in re- in regards to loads getting different places and not getting there on time it's going to be shutting you know hacks and you know um shutting down electrical grids and things like that it's going to be very very far into a war before you see kinetic actual conflicts right and and this is a part of the book that i read um, called the new rules of war and i suggest people read that because how many nuclear subs does it take does it take to take out a terrorist Well, Jesus, we don't. That's not how we take out terrorists, right? We are. It is way beneficial to train Navy SEALs and special forces to go in in teams than to build a nuclear sub for billions of dollars. Okay, because that's how you actually are fighting wars right now in conflicts are through proxy wars and through special force branches. Then it really is uh, aircraft carriers and nuclear subs. All right. So you you now have aspects of our logistical industry that is being filled by people that are coming over the borders and seeking asylums, getting CDL license. Um, where do they get that money from? Because CDL schools aren't cheap, right? They're not cheap. All right. So I am going to, and I, uh, I understand everybody on YouTube, but what we're going to do is I'm going to have to, Go in here real quick, and I'm going to make this unlisted. So if you're still here, you're still here. But if you're not, you won't see it. All right. So now we are unlisted on YouTube, but we are still on Rumble. So, and I don't know why it didn't go to the other one, but who cares? Anyways, the title worked. So this is some of the stuff that, as, like I said, as I dove more and more into this, it's, it's not what I wanted to see. All right, uh, immigrants to fill the gaps in trucking workforce. Now, and, and the reason I bring this up is everybody's like, well, these are all, you know, 18, these are all 18- to 25-year-old military-aged men. And they're going to come here and they're a fighting force. They're not. They're not. The way that you think of them fighting, they're not here to grab guns and fight us. They're here. Those 18 to 25 are also uh, middle age, 18 to 25 age men are also working positions, truck drivers, heavy equipment operators, agriculture jobs, mechanics, everything like that. They're, it's not a fighting force or a military force that's going to grab weapons and invade us in that way. That invasion is actually something that's even worse. And it's what I talked about before with climate change and with climate change. One of the things that I dove into was the club of Rome and where the club of Rome, their biggest fear with climate change is the separation of the lo- of the poor and the rich in other countries. Because when you have a separation of poor and rich, that causes chaos in other countries. So, you need to basically bring everybody to that flat line of middle. And that is a safer, more stable, straight line world to live in, right? So in that aspect of that, if you wanted to invade the United States, you're not going to do it with guns, right? First of all, where are they going to get all the firearms from? Where are they going to get all of this? Where, where are they storing all this? Where's their, you know, their, their hidden stashes of weapons? But if they start taking over the jobs in the truck driving industry, if they start taking over the um, aspects of government, like cuckoo puffs, I, I hope you're considering me because I'll give you an example, John David. Let me give you an example. Let me tell, tell me if you're wrong, John David. Minnesota, and I believe you tell me the name, John, because you're smart. What's the name of the person who is now, I think she's like in the House of Representatives and she's flipping out in regards to Palestine and Israel. Have we seen any, while we're just about to bring in, um, you know, even court uh, circuit judges, have we seen any, in any way, people that might believe in, I don't know, Sharia law? or anything enter into our judicial, into our executive branches of government? Any of them? Any of them at all? You tell me. All right, but thank you for your statement. Um, so as you, you, you I'm going to show also that, guess what? I mean, you tell me, John, if you're a truck driver, I'm not in the truck stops. You tell me the truck stops. You tell me the uh, in regards to, um, foreign uh, immigrants and stuff driving trucks if there's more or less? You tell me. Right? All right. So, right now, the number of foreign-born truck drivers in the United States has more than doubled since 20, 2000 as U.S.-born drivers retire and demand for more freight remains high. In diverse, in diverse Houston, a major shipping corridor, the industry demographic shifts are especially pronounced um being a trucker can be tough like many trades it doesn't attract u.s born workers like it used to same reason that they're starting to give with hey nobody wants to go work the fields nobody wants to go we you know do this anymore we need to bring these people in and they which you know we've all heard that right um the hours are long and the median pay is around forty eight thousand dollars a year according to the bureau of labor now that's gone up to 50 um, so they have to pay the fifty three, I think it is, $53,000. Uh, Houston area truck driver, Jorge Chavez, uh, says he's seen many immigrants join the industry in the past 20 years of the business. He himself, immigrants to the United States as a teen. Chavez is following his mom's footsteps and was a trucker. And like I said, I have no problem um, if they, you know, they come over um, through the front door and start to do this. Not a problem. Uh, so and it, Chavez worked his way up and now owns and operates two trucks, Jetco and local freight carrier uh, for him. And money is good. Uh, you can do about $12,000 per month. Now this was, I think in 2021, no, 2023, this just came out. You can do about $12,000 a month after everything he said, Chavez says many Central Americans who have working visas through temporary protection status, humanitarian des- designations for people fleeing certain conflicts And disasters, that's refugees, um, have become drivers in Houston. Many Afghans, Eritas, Cubans in the city have also become truck drivers, and some have even started their own small business. The industry has diversified across the state. Since 2000, the number of foreign-born truck drivers in in Texas has tripled uh, to nearly 95,000. That's a quarter of the state's truckers. A quarter of the state's truckers, one-fourth of the state of Texas' truckers, are immigrants, uh, According to the American Immigration Council analysis of government data, one-fourth, one-fourth. It's a big number. I don't care who you are. That's a big number. Um, here is a, a carrier that I picked that basically says... Uh, Polymax LLC, Emperor Transport acts as a sponsor. Uh, that is guarantee, a uh, guarantee, guaranteeing employment upon arrival in the United States, which is one of the grounds for obtaining a green card. The entry process consists of three steps in approximately two years and costs around ten thousand dollars. One year contracted requirements, so you got to drive for them for one year and then they train you to get your CDL for free. Um, up to age 55, so you got to be 55 and you know. Technically, you have to be 18 now, 18 military age to 55, because you can drive a truck now at 18, uh, where it used to be 21. That's also another aspect of um, why did they go with 18-year-olds is because some of the immigrants and things that are uh, that are coming over are, are younger age of 18, um, and that also opens up more doors for them. Uh, minimum one year documented in professional of the truck driving, C or E, I'm not sure what. E is to be honest, and that's um, so. As long as you have a English communication significant to pass a driver's test and perform everyday professional duties. Now, one of the other things I'm going to pull up is that they say that they're not proficient. Proficient is that's a stop sign, that's a yield sign, that means go, that means one way, Um, that's basically that's the English that they have to. So even when I had the guy that used to work for the, um, as an FMCSA officer, cause I asked him, I said, what the hell is the standard? If they hold a stop sign up and you can read the word stop. That's pretty much it. There's no written test that they would have to be able to read out loud, um, to establish they, they have to be re- able to read the signs of the road. One way route stop. You know, pretty much that uh, is what the English that they have to be able to understand um, for them to be able to to say that, yes, they have enough English to be able to pass the test. Stop sign. Got it. All right. Uh, This was the visa program that I talked about before. And truck drivers, jobs, immigrants addressing the labor shortage in the U.S. Now, remember. If there is something that somebody can make money on, then people are going to do it. So you're going to see law firms opening up. You're going to see people uh, just like the guy that sent me that email. He works for an outside company that their whole company, their whole company's way of life is basically bringing outsourcing jobs to different countries. That's what their company does. That's that's if you want to outsource something, you would call his company and he would find people to cover that. Okay, so there are positions now opening up for this. There's money in it. There's federal grants. There's state grants. There's um, FMCSA grants and things like that that are that are out there. Uh, And even the Biden administration put together um, part of the task force and some of the other things that they're doing is federal grants and federal money for better education and better training in truck driving. Well, that better training isn't continuing education. It's not something that, hey, I'm already a truck driver. I need continuing education into something. It's somebody needs to get their CDL license, and we now have grants that'll pay people to train people, right? That money's being sent to CDL schools to train new people that are coming in, right? So if you're going to bring people over, you're going to want to put them to work, you're going to get them out there. One of the things that you're going to fill is truck driving jobs. So the trucking industry is a vital component of the United States economy. It is responsible for transportation over 70% of all freight tonnage within the country. However, the industry has been facing chronic labor shortages of drivers over the years with the driver shortfall reaching a historic level of 80,000 in 2021. The shortfall is increased by 30% from pre-pandemic numbers as many drivers retire early truck drivers schools closed due to the virus and customers demand for shippers shipping goods soared despite increasing driver wages there was still need for more people to haul loads and immigrant truck drivers are becoming the solution to address the shortage of truck drivers immigrants have become a vital part of the trucking industry labor force particularly in states with high proportion of foreign-born residents such as texas and california texas and california now the problem that i just pulled up is we have this problem truck accident statistics for 2023 have gone up all right that's gone up We me come down here Now, they don't say anything about, which I thought they would, is it lack of training, how many years have the person been behind the wheel, anything like that isn't in here. But Texas and California are your highest accident states. Texas and California. Texas had the highest amount of fatals, uh, large truck accidents. Texas and California are your highest states. Okay, immigrants currently make up about 19% of 1.2 million long-haul truck drivers working in the U.S., according to the Bureau of Labor. uh, Immigrants in the trucking come from various countries, including Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, China, India, Poland, Ukraine, California. And uh, California has the highest percentage of immigrant truck drivers, with nearly 47% of all truck drivers being foreign-born. 47%. That's high. Uh, a number of foreign-born truck drivers in the United States has nearly tripled in 2000, around 50, 94,000. in Houston. Almost forty percent of local truck drivers are immigrants. Despite immigration making up only a quarter of the reg- uh, region's population, immigrants from Cuba, Afghanistan, Central America, and other regions are now taking to the wheel and filling the gap. Beep, we got in here: refugees and immigration from Afghanistan, Cuba, Arethia, I actually knew somebody that started a trucking company. I actually interviewed him. Um, He's a good guy. Him, 100%. In Houston area, have shown interest in driving and running their trucks and businesses. The refugees who want to work in the trucking industry usually start by working for a friend or a family member. uh, Trucking business and the YMCA International helps them with training and certification costs. Immigrant truck drivers have diverse backgrounds and many of them, have experience operating smaller vehicles in their native land they may start at lower wages but collectively can help increase pay rates pay rates yeah so they're starting at lower wages uh the project the project job growth rate the truck driving is six percent through 20 2030 and states having a higher proportion of immigrant truck drivers having a better job outlook commercial truck drivers offers stable income averaging around forty seven thousand dollars along with life and medical insurance benefits and retirement plans the u.s government recognizes commercial driver's license issued by mexico and canada okay you guys get the gist there so now this is where I talked about that they have to pay. They have to pay um, the salary of of the truck driver, and that's this is where it's fifty three thousand dollars. That's where the Department of Labor has to pay them. So it's around forty three thousand, and then they say, "Well, let's factor in benefits. Let's factor in this. Let's factor in that," and that comes out to about forty three. Uh, this is the wage requirements. This basically says that what I just told you. All right. All right. What was this one? Uh, could U.S. immigrants help solve the need to recruit millions, one million truck drivers over the next decade? Now, again, so now you have a push for one million truck drivers over the next 10 years. To, uh, and and this is where they keep saying we have you know shortages. We have shortages. We have shortages. We need these drivers. We need these drivers. We need these drivers. And now you're looking at this saying, OK um we might have an issue here because now you're kind of understanding that when when people are coming over what roles are they taking and what positions are they filling in our in for jobs so now we have truck drivers now that we have a huge capacity problem huge amount of capacity and it's not going away but like i said these guys are coming over and they're, the, they're, they're eventually allowed to bring their family, but they're coming over as the males, right? And not as a military force, but coming over to find jobs, get established. Well, if I was going to come over and I could live in a truck and drive truck and that would be my home and I could make money and send it back, you know, to, home to my wife, uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot of guys do that, right? That, I mean, that's just – that's what's going on. Now – uh, this is the temporary, not agriculture. This is basically where they said, "Hey, we're going to raise it up to 64000 So they upped it to sixty-four thousand this year. Uh, now that's over. So next year, they're they're going to you know, they get to decide how many they add for next year. All right. Which one? Okay. Uh, eligible documentation. Um, so this here is basically what you need to 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 get your CDL license, right? Um, in regards to if you are let me see if I can find the one I wanted to. This is a temporary seasonal program. Uh, okay, so this is the other aspect I talk about in regards to new rules that allows 18 year old to drive semis across state lines. And this is something that we heard of that I thought was nuts. Like, why would they allow, what 18-year-old are you going to get that's just out of high school that's going to want to start driving tractor-trailer over the road? Like, what? That didn't sound like. To me, that didn't sound – didn't make sense, right? It didn't compute that you're going to find 18-year-olds that you know, are, are ready to get into a truck, and that's what their, their life was about, going to high school because they still wanted to be a truck driver. That's, that's not the push we have today. But it is the push if you're an immigrant of 18 years old. To come over and be able to drive trucks, and and that's the numbers that we're seeing. When immigrants, when when they come over here and they're rushing the borders with the open borders, you're seeing military-age men. Well, what's military-age men? 18 to 25, right? So you have 18 to 25 coming over, so maybe we should lower this down to 18 so we can have jobs for those 18-year-olds that are coming over and crossing the border. All right. So, this was the foreign born worker labor. Uh, unemployment rate for foreign born persons in the United States is about 3.4% in 2022, down from 5.6%. That's weird. How did it go up? Uh, Bureau of Labor reported today that jobless, and this basically says what jobs they're filling. Let's see, uh, jobless rate, and it was here. Foreign born persons who reside in the United States. Mm mm, mm mm mm. And it basically, this one says the jobs that they are filling, labor force. Uh, 18% of the U.S. labor force, up from 17%, because this, what year was this? This was 2022. So this was 2022, um, and this one is the one that said the jobs that they were filling. Was it down here? Occupation. Uh, Native-born workers, foreign-born I um, lost it. Basically, they were filling things like um, maintenance, cleaning, um, construction workers and things like that were some of the jobs that they were basically filling occupations, ch- ch- employment, uh, men, despite natural, great natural resources. OK, so uh, especially in great natural resources, construction, maintenance, occupied 22 percent foreign born workers in the occupation fields. And then where is my other one? because there was the one let me see if i can find all right uh can i get a commercial driver's license if i am an undocumented if you have a job that requires you to drive over the drive uh, drive others or drive a large truck you uh, likely need a commercial driver's license they are commonly required for semi-truck chauffeurs and taxis oh that might be what e is that makes sense. Uh, while some states permit undocumented immigration to obtain regular driver's license, state laws do not tend to allow to be this genuous about issuing CDLs. Currently, CDLs are available only if a U.S. citizen to U.S. citizens, nationalists and permanent residents. One exception is the general rule that may be. May be able to get you a non a non demiciled CDL. So you can, they can get what's called a non-democide CDL license, which is a CDL for individuals who are legally authorized to work in the, in the United States and who are eligible individuals must have valid employment authorization documents. This is an EAD. So for you to get this, you get an EAD. And so I said, well, what the hell is an EAD? Well, to get your EAD, it's an I-9 uh, Document, right, and for that you're going to need some type of identification. Prove who you are, right? Prove something. It doesn't, you know, if you have a passport, some type of identification that proves who you are. And they go over basically what type of thing. You could have a driver's license, someplace. You can have a passport, um, and they basically says just prove who you are, and we'll let you go ahead, you know, and and do this. Now, some of the other stuff that falls under this would be a school ID with a photograph no way that's forged uh, voter registration card u s military card u s uh, military dependence card u s coast card merchant marine uh, a merchant marine is a um, basically a sailor on, on a container ship type stuff Native american tribal document driver's license issued by canadian or canadian government driver's license so if you got a school i d that might do it uh an i d card issued by a federal state or local government agency or entities provided it contains a photograph and information such as your name date of birth gender height eye color, and so on so if you have a driver's license from your country and, and your name is Mohammed Mohammed um you can basically start your application to be able to aden- that identifies you as good enough to get your um proper paperwork to get your ead so and then what they're going to do is they're going to say okay once they have that they're going to say okay well now that we have we know who you are we got to get you a social security number and from that social security number we're going to take this identification we're going to get you a social security number and for that we need some type of birth certificate plus that id um and you know certificate of birth abroad whatever um and basically you take that in there and we can get you your social security number After your social security number you basically fill out uh, another form identification card and once you get this identification card for a undocumented employment authorization document issued by the Department of Homeland Security once you get that which is your employment authorization document you then can basically go get your CDL license so you can be an undocumented cross run across the border right Check in and say, Hey, I want to work here. I'm seeking asylum. I'm, I'm, I want to, uh, you know, I know that could take four years before I finally go to court and, and, you know, get that approved. But while I'm here, here's my identification. Um, prove it's wrong. Prove it doesn't, prove it's, you know, not valid. And I want to start working in your country. Give me my social security card. They get the social security card and they go out and become CDL truck drivers. Now, that's the way the system works. I am not. A part of the system. I am just telling you guys what I basically you know, have been diving into. And I, I've been reading a lot. I'm kind of breaking it down, too, because there's some of the stuff that it's just kind of repetitive in regards to reading it over and over again. But if just like I said, the gist is, if you're an undocumented, you get caught, you get locked up, and you say, okay, um, I seek asylum. I'm here because of this. I'm here because of whatever reason. I want to start working here. Do you have an identification? I do. Here it is from this country issued by you know, John Smith, um, who's you know my whatever ID they have, they take that information, they run that through. Good luck, back. Good luck trying to track down if it's good or not, because some of these countries don't have the you know the the proper you know they don't maintain records like we maintain records, right? And they just take that stuff and they say, okay, fine, fill out this application, fill out this, and now you're also sponsored by a possible trucking company that's helping you process this or some type of lawyer that's helping you process this information for a fee. Next thing you know, you have your permission to work, and then you can go ahead and get your undocumented, um, undomiciled CDL truck driving license with you and your team driver, and you're out there running the road and next thing you know our accident stats have gone up right and and the accidents have gone up um and you, i would have to say that accident it's a good possibility that accidents have gone up because who are we putting behind the wheels who are we putting behind the wheel now i'm going to tell you from my, from where i interact with the trucking industry if i post a load and Snorlord has talked about it other brokers i know have talked about it if I post a load, I, am, I think one out of 50 calls would be somebody who speaks, is probably native-born English speaker. One out of 50 on that load board. Yeah, I, I, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, the emails that I get, I know I type bad, but I'll, I, that's why I make phone calls. And I'd, say I'd rather get you on the phone and talk with you on the phone. But what I'm saying is, One out of 50 would easily not be native English-speaking people. And I'm not even out there. I'm just posting a load. And that's open deck, not oversized. Usually it's legal. Uh, But that's an open deck carrier. And everything from dispatchers to companies to the driver driving the truck, I have... I remember talking to my wife about it and I'm like, this is ridiculous. There's no, I don't even want load boards anymore. I don't want, I use truck stop. I'm like, I don't want truck stop. I don't want to pay hundred dollars a month for this. This is ridiculous. It's a hundred percent ridiculous. Just the phone calls that I'm getting. If I have to post and I do, I do everything I possibly can to not post. It is my last resort. So I can only imagine what's out there on the road, and it doesn't take me much when I, you know, you, you tell me. I, I, you think Bonehead Truckers is running out of, of footage? No. I mean, you have trucking companies sponsoring. This is my last one. You have trucking companies basically sponsoring um, carriers to come over, which, okay, and, and that's fine. What's their, their you know, criteria? In regards to the training that they're giving, are they just throwing them out there? Uh, minimum one year experience, and that says about the company. Some of the stuff, that, and they even say your earnings. This goes over your cost of living. After arriving in the U.S., uh, you must take account additional cost if you are driver. If if the driver comes alone, he has the option of using our accommodations for up to three months at or uh, at the time of obtaining a CDL. If you bring your family, they tell you, okay, your mobile phone's gonna cost about this much, your a car's gonna cost about this much, home internet's gonna be about this much, a gym, fuel per gallon, electricity per month, car insurance, and they and they break all that down. And like I said, I think it was this one that basically immigrants, part of the trucking industry labor force, I think it was this one that basically said commercial truck driving offers a stable income of average about 47. Recruitment of immigrants for trucking. Roles has recently increased due to the lack of U.S. born workers. Trucking companies are quietly recruiting. Trucking companies are quietly recruiting immigrants to prevent a labor organization and keep wages below market standards. Uh, Despite the success of recruiting immigrant drivers, the trucking industry has reluctantly is reluctant to discuss it. Motor carriers and driver training organizations tend to avoid discussing immigrant drivers as some U S born truck drivers are concerned that the immigrants might, might lower wages for all drivers. However, the, incorporating new immigrant workers into collaborating bargaining groups can leverage bargaining power with increased wages and better working conditions. Low wages tend to happen across the industry when immigrants first come into the country, but this can change over time with the support of advocate and groups and unions. Despite the hardship for many of these new immigrant drivers, trucking is one of the route to American dream. Immigrant drivers create tighter communities than American drivers do to language and culture and American truck drivers offer help and assistance to new uh, American drivers offer help and assistance to migrant drivers. It, it, they basically also say, I think it was this one in here somewhere that, that even the, the language barrier becomes a problem because the significant being able to read and write in English only has to cont- basically say stop sign yield sign. And and that's basically all they need. They just need to be able to pass the test. Um, and sometimes they're allowed interpreters and sometimes and things like that. But they be have to be able to read a sign and see that that says stop. So is it all of them? No, No, I'm going to say it's not. But the more we have this uh, immigrants coming in and they're not being properly trained and they're being thrown out there and they're not they don't true, you know, understand or appreciate the situation that if they're like the person that hit, uh, the carrier that I work with drove away after hitting him. They like the cops had to go get him. He left the scene of an accident and the cops, the, I mean, obviously my truck, the, my, the, the driver, my driver basically said, okay, here's his, here's, he was driving for here's his trailer number. (laughs) Here's, you know, he basically drove away and they found him, uh, at the next truck stop, basically fueling. Um, and that's when they got his, he left the scene of an accident, right? He, and didn't speak, let's just say, didn't speak very good English. Um, and that was Mohammed Mohammed. So as I start to see open border, as I you know, you start to look at open borders, you say, okay, where are they going to work? Where, how are they making money? How are they getting this stuff? And, and where, where do we see this going? Well, we have an issue in my opinion, like it or not, I don't really care. Um, but we have an issue when we start to introduce a lot of foreign-based workers, immigrants that may or may not have the same beliefs as, as, as us down the road, into an infrastructure industry like transportation, right? This is not something where they're out working uh, – At the Ford plant and they're, you know, doing maintenance or or something on the line or they're it's 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 an industry that can be taken over by the Defense Production Act, because during a time of conflict, it, it it is logistics is one of your most important things to win a war. You will not win a war without logistics. You will be shut down if your logistics falters. One of the things that Russia found out in regards to transportation of fuel was they didn't have a very good fuel distribution being able to transfer fuel goods um, to, to continue their push, and that, ran it, that ended up being a problem, right? Now, again, they cannot do hazmat because they can't get the background check, but they can be out there delivering food and goods and things like that. And if, if we're at a point now where we're allowing undocumented individuals to come into the industry when technically we are at a ultra high capacity right now we're not at a low capacity we have a capacity problem i see that as a problem like it or not i see it as a problem and anybody's welcome to debate me on it um but i just don't let me know shoot me an email i don't feel that allowing any an undocumented to come over here to give some type of identification and then get a CDL license is a good thing. It's not a good thing for insurance. It's not a good thing for accidents. It's not a good thing for just the, the the basic logistical demand a country might need during conflict. And we are in conflict with other countries. We war doesn't look the same way it, it used to war is what we're experiencing now. It's, it's, it's supply and trade and, um back and forth with countries and and things like that it's fought through proxy wars it's fought with special you know navy seals and special forces and we are we are outsourcing a monstrous monstrous aspect of our survival as a country to individuals that shouldn't have been able to to just run across a border in the first place and then we're taking them and saying, you know, we should go ahead and stick you in trucking. No. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Don't. Sorry. Not going to happen. We can't put you into that role. And I, I see this as a potential problem down the road. And I see and more and somebody sent me a thing for GW Bulls um, in regards to looking into some Cuba thing. And, and first of all, I, I don't give a shit about GW Bulls. But. if you think that i can dive into the different to find out where this money came from with absolutely no information he he brought something up that he was working on a site in florida and a bunch of cubans came in and the government was paying for half those trucks there are unbelievable amount of of trucking grants you can get um i mean unbelievable amount of grants let's see here's a grant i think i posted on my community page for financing um, here's a grant that came out May 5th of 2023. The grant will help, uh, solve wealth, racial disparities among first-time truck owners. Baltimore, May 5th of 2023, uh, Trust Foundation, which is a nonprofit, um, today announced a $1.5 million commitment to the Akon. Uh, Opportunity Fund, uh, a certified nonprofit community developed financial institution, which offers responsible capital coaching and networks to small business owners um, by people of color, women, and low to moderate income entrepreneurs with grants funding. I mean, uh, we'll fund your first year down payment assistance. Uh, Black, Latino individuals, as well as women become first-time truck owners and anti-peers in the Maryland and Georgia uh, areas. So, I mean— the amount of grants that are out there in—I mean, if you just type in—you know, Department of Transportation grants. There's now grants for rural areas. There's now grants for trucks. There's grants for SBA loans. Uh, the Department of Energy—if you're on an energy job—will give you will will give you different types of grants and loans if you're starting a new business uh, to help assist in in um, windmill and green new deals and all this type of stuff. It's next to impossible for me to track down which one it is, but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of government grants out there uh, if you know how to apply for a grant which takes like normally you have what somebody called a grant writer and they know how to write a grant for you to be able to get money uh, and and apply for that grant Um, there are thousands of grants out there and there's no way for me to track down with very minimum information if i would even do it for you which i won't because i don't care about gw bulls um but it's this is this is the aspect that you're looking at so To me, this is a problem. This is going to be a problem going forward. Like it or not, it's a problem. Um, It it just has basically the issue that... uh, Where are you now? Jesus, Michelle. Oh, wrong one. Hang on. Where are you? Comment someplace else. Uh, Heaven forbid quick, not have a goddamn wrench. Hang on. Let me stop the show quick. I'm just kidding. Have at it. Um, it's a problem. It's a problem going forward. It's something that should not just be left unchecked, and it's, it is being left unchecked. And, and you know, I, I want to see records like, okay, how many of these accidents, who, who were the ones in these accidents? Who was the actual, you know, cause of these accidents? We have the most accidents in California and Houston. That's where the most immigrant drivers are. Why isn't that being stated? Why am I bringing that up? But this wasn't in this article. You know, it 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 we have repercussions now, and what's going to happen is all of your insurance is going to go up because of this. So this is the highest right here, and this is the highest, and this is the highest for accidents. anybody look into that? anybody is is that going to get out there? No. You know, Illinois. Like we talked about, Chicago. Illinois is one of the highest in accidents. Boop. Illinois was one of the higher. Chicago area was one of the higher p- places for, ing- for immigrants. Is that any way affecting it? Florida. Florida was another one. That's weird. Georgia was one that I don't wasn't mentioned, but it's up here, so and I'd have to look into that, but it just so happens that the higher I- I- immigration truck driving jobs is not to have the higher accidents in regards to truck driving. I don't know. Maybe my common core math isn't that well, but it, it, it tells me that more, there's more men and there's more uh, done by gender. But, uh, you know, fatal accidents, not a number of fatalities are done more by men. Why doesn't it tell me anything else? And that's just information we're, we're not going to get. It's just, it's not going to be put out there. But I, I'll bet you if they did, it would So, all right. That's all I kind of wanted to cover today. I just wanted to say, say, yeah. So when when you guys don't see the the numbers of, uh, I I think capacity is going to continue to go up. I don't think we're going to be losing as many, uh, uh, you know, a ton. I think it'll it it's going to drop as as companies fall. But I do believe that uh, the mega carriers and stuff like that that are sponsoring and, and getting some of the drivers in and immigrant drivers there it's going to take a long time for them to leave. They're going to have to leave because they hit this bridge right here. They're not going to leave. Cause they go broke. They're not going to leave. Cause they go broke. And it's, it's to me, you're, you're looking at the great, and, and this was coined by Snorlord, and I stole it. Cause I asked him first, uh, you're looking at the great reset. You're looking at the reset. You guys are too expensive. You guys are asking for too much money. You guys were asking for, uh, for the, uh, you know, a million dollars a mile. And corporations said, well, we can fix that problem. We can outsource this trucking thing just like we're outsourcing customer service. We just have to get them in and get them trained and find ways to, you know, bring them in on visas because of the massive truck shortage. So that is a problem that they're looking to solve. And in my opinion, they're doing it to basically reset the trucking industry um, pricing back down to where they want it to be, um, because it was too high when you guys were in control and they can't have that happen again so welcome to the great trucking reset in my opinion all right i'm gonna go ahead and sign out of here um i'll let you guys uh i'll reset this year because uh and i'll let you guys listen to this then when i take off so uh see ya <laughs>
1: I walked to the water for a last goodbye. He begged so much, it clouded my mind. One thing's clear the man's gotta die. It makes right, so he said. When he healed, all the keys over our head. I lived in that grip, but now he'll learn. At the end, with the tables turned. Lord, forgive me and take me home. And a finger on the trigger, and oh, the bullets on there try to find me. Just take me all down. <laughs> by the riverbank caught a boat sap, took off like a hurricane with spotlights dogs in the whole nine yards of breathing down my neck and breathing hard two weeks in a wild chase across the highways mountains over seven states found a man at the harbor said that he could take me across the ocean somewhere far away